black ball. Black 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 ball. Black 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 What is up, everybody? My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackballed. My guest today is me if I was a woman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> because she talks a lot of shit, but she's a great writer. Um, she ruffles feathers. She does all of these that I, I used to brand as my identity of sorts, and then I stopped drinking. <laughs> I'm not saying that she's drinking, but I'm just saying. Um, I, I like her because she's feisty as hell, and I and I can't stress this enough. It's it's easy to be feisty, but it's not easy to be feisty and then to back it up with fluid writing. And I really enjoy her writing. So, my guest today is Tammy Robert. Tammy. Hey. Hey. What's the matter? <laughs> well, I just inhaled before. You should oh. turn that on, so I wasn't quite ready for you. Okay, okay. Um, let's start off by saying that I used to live in Saskatchewan as a reporter for the Weyburn Review, and I almost didn't make it out with my life because, holy fuck, is Weyburn the worst place in the world to live? Have you ever been to Weyburn, Saskatchewan? You know what? I don't think I have. Well, no, I have to have. I've definitely been there, but really? I don't know any i don't have family there or anything like that so if you did i would stop podcast immediately i get it, I get it confused <laughs> with winyard which one's closer to the border i don't know i tried to make it there a few times to the border just to escape wayburn but uh, wayburn's pretty close though wayburn is um, esteban, yeah that's down close to the border yeah yeah, yeah. esteban right mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're the name anyways there was like more churches than people um Guys that like I worked as a re- I got fired as a reporter um, for the way you you might like this. Um, I had a disagreement with my editor because I wanted I, I be without telling my editor, I went and I secured a press pass to go see Bill Clinton talk at some convention center in Regina. The one named after the energy company, whatever that's called. And they were like, they literally said this. It was a woman. There's a couple that owned it, but the woman was the boss and she was like, well, James, you're, you're supposed to be covering the kindergarten basketball game that day. And I was just like, Bill Clinton. <laughs> I was like the only like small paper to get a pass to go see Bill Clinton. The only one. It's like the leader and me and then someone else. Right. And I'm like, I have to do this. Well, now we made a decision, James. You know, no, no. And I just called in sick that day and I went and did it and wrote like 1300 words. I came back and I presented to her and I'm like, she's like, so you weren't sick. I'm like I got Bill Clinton to say the word Wayburn work with me, you know, anyways, I got fired. Um, but the, the, the it must be difficult because I, I, I don't know your politics, but when you, when I first heard of you, I, it, it seemed like, you were kind of like a rational kind of moderate in a place where everyone is fiercely conservative. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I, 
I think I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. How would you I describe think, yourself? I think that the entire political, like, am I more conservative or in Saskatchewan, there really is only sort of like shades of conservative. Right. So our NDP here, their, their biggest battle internally is over, you know, whether or not they're going to actually say the words climate change out loud, which is a bit of ex an exaggeration, but you know, it, it's shades of conservatism here. And I would probably consider myself, I mean, who isn't fiscally conservative? I don't know too many people who are super excited about governments that spend tons of money. Um, well, it depends what they spend it on. But I, I don't think there's a large contingent of progressives that are like deficits are actually healthy for the economy. You know, like they, you know, so there's who, who really knows why people think what they think. But then isn't the opposite of that um, sort of like, I don't know why everyone isn't socially liberal. Mm, yeah, but there are like socially social social conservatism is dead. They're trying to bring it, it back, right? But predominantly, gay marriage, abortion, all those issues are settled, and that's I think what social conservatism used to protect. Right, um, but socially liberal is they're floundering now. Yeah, but so being socially liberal, it, the way that you describe being uh, fiscally conservative, I would agree with you in a theoretical sense. It seems like that's the no brainer. But also social liberalism also feels like the no brainer if you're going to, you know what I mean? And that's why that's why our country for like a good half century, there were a lot of conservatives and liberals who described themselves as socially liberal fiscal conservatives. That's why the progressive conservative party was even called what they were called. Right. Yeah. Um, but you live in the lion's den of fiercely idiotic conservatives. I remember because I lived there. Um and I just want to know what that is like, because and am I totally missing the boat on the healthy swath of progressives that live somewhere in Saskatchewan or do they not exist? I mean, I think it's more about attitudes here than politics and the attitudes here, you know, tend to rotate around predominantly around racism. This is a very racist province. It's a very um, backwards on a number of fronts, um, you know, even women as evidenced by Colin Thatcher's appearance yesterday in, in the Saskatchewan legislature. So it, I would, you know, I don't define Saskatchewan at the moment by its politics. I define it by its stupidity and it's not really defined. I don't think at any, on any end of the political spectrum, both sides are doing a really great job of completely fucking everything up. Um, so Really, like I said, I define Saskatchewan right now by its attitudes and its predominant attitudes and its loudest attitudes. That's the problem, too, right? Like, yeah, it not was... everybody here wants to fuck Trudeau, but you yeah. know, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I always had a pro every time I see that sign, the thing that comes to my mind immediately is it's an instruction telling us to go have sex with our <laughs> prime minister every single time I see it. And I'm just like, and it's, it's funny to me because it's, it's, you know, they keep using it. Is it hard for you to respect um, people who express their politics in such a kind of juvenile way? Um, Even, I, like, and I hate Trudeau too. Like I, I, I'm not a fan of Trudeau. I'll make fun of him for days, but yeah. the sign, it's not about him anymore. When, it, when the, when I see that sign, it's about the person holding it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, there's some, there's very little balance in Saskatchewan when it comes to Trudeau, um, but you know that that it's it's really more again of an attitude of brashness, of um, offensiveness, aggressiveness, um, and and sort of this um, 
attempt to go back to maybe some of those conservative values, you know, women being women and I'm going to sexualize you whether you like it or not kind of thing or whatever. You know, we saw that with Greta Thunberg. We saw, I mean, we just saw some really weird shit like that where they're, you know, regressing back into some of those, well, tropes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, the attitudes here are the problem and they're going to be as long as our leaders continue to exhibit worse than what we see in the street. You know, it's funny that they feel that way about climate change, uh, the, the term, because I don't know how many people realize this, but it was actually Frank Luntz, the conservative strategist who came up with the term climate change. And he came up with that term because he wanted to soften um, the reaction that people would have to the expression global warming. He thought that was a, a loser for conservatives because it sounded so ominous that it was impactful. He's also the same guy that did the opposite with um, the estate tax and he called it the death tax so that everyone would hate it. <laughs> right. So it's just interesting. Like no one knows where things come from and they, I'm a, you ask a hundred uh, Saskatchewan conservatives and they probably think that the term climate change was a progressive con uh, conspiracy in order to like hypnotize us all into believing that we were changing the earth. Like seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel really bad for you. <laughs> I do. Why do you live there still? Is it family? What's that? Is it family? Is that why you still live there? I, I, mean, I, have, I share a 10-year-old with my ex or 11-year-old today, actually. Way to go, Tammy. Oh, happy, <laughs> happy birthday, yeah. son. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I shared, there you go. I shared an 11-year-old with my ex. And I have an 18-year-old here as well, who I think is planning on sort of staying here for a while. So yeah, family. Yeah. Well, um, okay, L let's let's talk about let's. I want to talk about um, first of all. I want to talk about Colin Thatcher. We'll start with that. I didn't even know about this. I think I might have heard of him, and I just blocked it, or so I just like went away because like I sort of relearned this story, and I kind of I'm like familiar with little fragments of it, but I, I read basically his his story from you know beginning until the end. And the thing that I didn't remember, and I, and I kind of want to just hone in on this first before we get into the fact of how ridiculous it was to bring him to the throne speech. I thought that was crazy. The, the mysterious package that the leader received of photographs, like of a confession letter, anonymous confession letter, at when Thatcher was in prison, is the thing that people who support him hold on to in order to defend bringing him out to things like the throne speech. Are you familiar with that aspect of the case? Cause that seems to be like this big thing. And then the RC, so they turned it over to the RCMP and the RCMP lost it. And so all, and, and it's weird because um, you, maybe this was the, the a different story, but you, you did, you do write sometimes about cops and about how sometimes it seems like you don't know the full details of what's going on, but the cops seem to always be like at a very integral moment, losing something or someone like gets a, 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 a off with a slap on the wrist or mm -hmm. someone's connected to a politician. Mm -hmm. Is there a culture in your mind of like police political corruption in your province? Yeah, but Colin Thatcher murdered his wife. I mean, he is a terrible person who murdered his wife. So, I mean, whether or not that one, I mean, I'm, I have this letter thing. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a little bit. I know he certainly continues to deny it, but 
at the end of the day, the man has killed his wife. And, and even if even prior to that, what he did was he I mean, he was a piece of shit. So the fact that he was there yesterday, in my mind, I mean, it 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 had nothing to do with his doing time. It had nothing to do with whether he, you know, has served it or not. He had no business being there. And we used to have standards for this stuff and we don't anymore as evidenced. Um, and, and they knew it too, right? Like Lyle Stewart, the MLA who brought him, who is about as old as Colin Thatcher. I mean, the two of them, I wish someone had got a picture of them because it would have been hilarious. They is, are like, they like the two guys in the Muppets that used to like sit in the balcony? Are they like those guys? Did you see the picture of Colin Thatcher yesterday? Like, No, I have no cool. idea what he looks like. And yeah, you would have had the two of them side by like, it's just, it's, these, these are not good people. This is not a good person. He had no business being there. Um, there was no police corruption around his uh, conviction. He was convicted thoroughly for beating and then putting a bullet in the back of her head. Oh my God. I just saw his picture. He just looks guilty. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy fuck. Is that really yeah. what he looks like? Mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna i'm gonna show this to my audience here because i think this is the craziest thing i've ever seen but i, I don't want to judge a person by his looks but i'm about to because this guy looks guilty of something <laughs> like, like come on um yeah and he bludgeoned and shot his wife or something right yeah yeah okay now i know there's a lot of people are listening to this but for the people that are watching you know, keep an open mind. The person I'm about to show you could be totally nice. There's no fucking way. <laughs> David, that picture is super. That's an old picture. Doesn't matter. He looks like a Batman villain. Well, he's, he's, a, he's a terrible looking person. Yeah, in every picture, he looks like a, a Marvel villain, except yeah. not nearly as um, probably. His successful. eyes are so close together, he could get by with a monocle. Look at him. <laughs> His dad was Premier of Saskatchewan. I'm not surprised, honestly. Um, so Scott Moe's reaction to that was funny because originally he defended it and then he apologized, right? I, if he's apologized, I haven't heard it. Was it this afternoon or? Um, I thought he sort of did that in that. I, I tweeted something that was kind of ridiculous, but he said. He, he did uh, a terrible scrum yesterday. I would have done things differently. Yeah, no. Okay. So that no. wasn't an apology. Really There's an apology. been no apology from anybody, including Lyle Stewart. I mean, he would, Lyle Stewart was um, pretty confident at the actual uh, event throne speech. I mean, he had reporters coming up to him and asking him, like, do you think that the government needs to be more tough on crime? Like he was getting all kinds of attention after the th- throne speech. And I think his, what he said to reporters was enough and walked out like, who the fuck are you? Nobody wants to hear from you anyway. I don't even know why they're asking him questions. Um, but the premier didn't come out after the throne speech to scrum, which I suspect was the bigger problem because he didn't get any attention after the right. throne speech, which is, you know, that's no good. But if he, I don't think he could, have, I wouldn't have, if, if I'd been handling him, I wouldn't have put him out there. I mean, the story then would have been Mo and Colin Thatcher in the rotunda together. So, I mean, it, it made sense that he, he didn't show up, but um, no, all we've seen is so, I mean, on the day of, yeah, Lyle Stewart was super confident that it was, you know, this is my buddy. He belongs. What do you say? He belongs here more than anybody Like you couldn't, you couldn't just, you know, say he's a free man. He belongs in the Saskatchewan legislature more than anybody. Yeah, <laughs> really. right. Like um, what a prerequisite that is. 
but then the next day yeah and the next morning he's groveling but it was an it was it wasn't an apology it was i'm sorry i distracted from scott moe's good news yeah i mean it would be a perfect cover designed by the guy who doesn't want anyone to know about the throne speech details (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just but they're not that sophisticated i mean lyle stewart he has been around forever he you know he thinks he he would he absolutely would have done that on his own um i don't believe that it was any kind of a grand they're not that smart to create these diversions and they're not they're proud of what they announced yesterday in this in the throne speech like from what i hear they were the caucus was in an uproar because of the fact that it would distracted from their messaging and made them look like shitty people, not because they there was a you know a, a man who murdered his wife in the legislature in the province with the highest domestic rapes, violence rates by like a lot. It's, it sends a terrible message. Yeah, the optics, you know. So, and then the groveling, and then yeah, I think I think Mose was like I think he said he didn't need to apologize that it was an individual, not a not a government that invited him. It's Scott Moe's government, but anyway, <laughs> it's just he's he's he has no leadership skills. He couldn't lead his way out of a wet paper bag, um, and I'm not surprised at all that he didn't grasp the significance of what they did. But it'll just go down in history as another one of his his special special moments. Yeah, you know what's funny? I've done a lot of uh, reporting on the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church uh, and their uh, stranglehold on a bunch of people in the Maple Creek area of Saskatchewan and how they're a worldwide cult and everything. But I've never actually like thought about Scott Moe in the context of the brethren, but like he's, he would be one of the problems because of the way that he allows his government to give them t- millions and millions of dollars in PPE contracts when the base in that province doesn't even really believe in the pandemic or vaccines <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, right out of the gate, uh, Mo's buddies were one of the very first testing companies um, in Saskatchewan was a, it was a cattle testing company. It was a buddy of Mo's. And that was the, very, the first place that you could go get a COVID test if you weren't getting one in the hospital. Um, they converted their lab like it's like it's it's so stupid that it's funny, but it's not funny. No, it's not. Um, speaking of not funny. Uh, Jeremy McKenzie. Now, I I only want to talk about this topic because I kind of like, I enjoy when somebody takes a a position that is kind of completely contrarian from the status quo. Um, (laughs) Because I I respect the ability that it takes to argue both sides of any issue. Like I think there was a, there was a, um, you know, a characteristic of being a good debater um, would be the ability to argue both sides. And that's like, you know, debate class 101. Um, Jeremy McKenzie is a tough sell for, for most people. What are your thoughts on what's uh, on, on what he's said um, and why he said it and what's happened now and the timing of his arrest and everything like that? Like what, give me your thoughts on, on Jeremy McKenzie. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Jeremy's story is really not about Jeremy. It's about, um, sort of the, 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 
bigger the bigger picture in respect to how our institutions, especially our law enforcement and military institutions are um, handling the people they come into contact with, whether it's um, you know our own veterans or whether it's the RCMP's handling of its internal affairs, which I have huge questions about now after this story and I'm you know so yes, it's a story about this kid who is in I think day seven of solitary confinement right now uh, in Saskatoon without a criminal record and I just cannot get behind that and I don't I don't think his charges um, necessarily warrant it where where he is right now because of what I've learned um but that I can only share so much you know like I can it, in respect to the Saskatchewan charges I can't say you know very I can I can't say anything because there was a bail hearing with a pub ban and it's just not worth it but I'm not an idiot I don't go around looking to defend terrible people um I didn't get into this I regret looking into it, I think, but I'm in it now. So, yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> when I, when I see clips of him raging and screaming and all this kind of stuff, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I often like just kind of block out the things that he says um, and think about him being a veteran and 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 i'm i'm not trying to give a guy an out but i'm just curious as to what his situation is as far as being an ex military and if he's being taken care of by the government of this country um because veterans as a whole i mean they they have a lot of problems um and they have a government that doesn't seem too keen on helping them with those problems often um there's a lot of red tape but i don't want to make that first of all i don't want to make the assumption that he has mental health issues and second of all i don't want to make it seem like giving him that like an excuse um however i just for the purpose of this conversation he's basically a public figure now so whatever's already been published i'm sure we can talk about but what are your thoughts on that and do you think that um you know that is something that we should consider or do you feel like it's true like what are your thoughts which part? <laughs> you kind of lost. Well, that we're, we're not. This isn't an interview. It's a conversation. So you well, can go anywhere. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I mean, um, okay. You know, I can. There's so much background here, and I don't really know where to start because you nailed it. You said I don't want to look like I'm saying this. The entire issue with this entire issue is that you are defined by what you don't say. So, or what you. So, you know, if I say x i must also mean that you know well, I let, let's put a stop to that right now because i'm going to tell you something and this is hilarious in a sense because i never use this term but you're in a safe space <laughs> okay no, and no, what no, i mean I, by no no but listen what i mean by that is just by saying out loud me and yeah. you saying out loud right now that what we are about to embark on is a conversation and we'll clarify the context and if people want to chop up and pretend that they that we said something else have at it you guys are pranksters and it's hilarious but you know if you're clear about your context some people might still not like it but at least you're being clear so if you say what like i feel sorry for jeremy mckenzie that doesn't mean that you are a confederate flag wearing rabid racist conservative so don't worry about that here we're we're sophisticated enough where where people look and and, and want to chop up what we're saying then they're going to have to be blatantly dishonest with everybody and we'll call them out and it'll be hilarious, but don't just say what you right. feel. Yeah. And, and that is 
kind of what I believe happened to Jeremy McKenzie. Okay, go, go on. thousands of hours of tape out there. Um, I've been through a lot of it. Not thousands, hundreds for sure. Um, I've been through more than I expect anyone except his diehard fans have ever been through. Um, he uses words that I don't appreciate. He uses the R word. I've actually talked to him about this. He doesn't use it with around me anymore because I don't like it. Um, Spenny, Spenny from Kenny and Spenny used that word today. But anyways, yeah. It what? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they make it a clip because it was great. Okay. Anyways, go on. Um, I love those guys. But anyway, yeah, it it he he when I was going through his tape, he is uh, a terrible he's a he's a broadcaster and that he's a performer but what you just said there about context and you know if people are going to take us out of context and clip this and clip that I mean that is a problem now that you can you can do that to people if you'd said you know go make Jeremy McKenzie a child pornographer I could probably go out and cut enough tape to to, to portray that um, because he does a terrible job of things like resetting and um you know, broadcast skills that we learned. I was in broad when I was in broadcasting. I'm not saying that the, I, I don't, this is a hard, I hate, I don't know if I want to talk about this. It's, it's, it's too complex to probably distill into this conversation because it's, it's a, it's a, it, there's so many landmines, you know, and, and I, you, it is easy to say this is a safe space and you won't be defined. Um, but that is how this entire thing works, right? Like that is the, the nature of this beast that we've created. Um, you know, in that what you don't say is now what you are. Um, there's, we've created this sort of rush into the void of the unknown. So, you know, of course, in this, in, in one interview or one um, tweet or whatever, you can't get to know the context of an individual. And we don't try anymore at all. Right. So I can't, I can't support the, the premise that there's all this you know, the, that he's done these terrible things in recent years, he has had, you know, he had some, he has said some things, I would say five or six years ago, um, that are still floating around now and are going to float him around, uh, float around until he dies. And he knows that. Um, and he's going to have to live with that. Are um, you in like personal contact with him? No, he's in solitary confinement right now, but I've interviewed him a few times. Yeah. Since he's been are in, you in but do you, like, do you, have, do you have a crush on him or anything like that? Like, are we, is personal? No. No. Okay. No, no. I'm just wondering because because that's a question that would be relevant, right? It, you know, because people mm -hmm. have the ability to see past many flaws if they have affections for somebody, right? <laughs> I don't know Jeremy McKenzie, um, and I believe he has a partner, and he's a lot younger than me, and you know, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> I didn't know I that. It's really <laughs> he looks like Danny that. Bonaducci, which is really cool. I, I think you know. Like he looks a little mm -hmm. bit, you remember Danny Bonaducci? No, but I, I don't, I don't dislike him. I mean, I, I've enjoyed talking to him. We've talked about a lot of his time in Afghanistan. I mean, he's got a lot of incredible military experiences. He was in the military for 15 years. His life has absolutely derailed in the last few years. 
Um, alcohol has played a huge role in the last year of his life and why he is where he is. It's not an excuse, but he's going to have to deal with that as well. Um, he said some terrible things about Anna Poliver, which he's addressed a few times. He probably hasn't um, nearly apologized for them publicly enough. And he that's on him. That's got nothing to do with, with me. But in my conversations with him, um, I don't believe that they reflect who he is. And I, I, I think that a lot of us have said some pretty terrible things drunk at three o'clock in the morning that we would, you know, die if we're broadcast across Canada. I can't, I, I would be, I think it would be ridiculous to suggest that none of us have done that. Problem no, with this guy's always on camera and he needs to, he needs to do better and he knows he needs to do better. But yeah. again, I want to back out of this because the no, point. No, 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 there's no backing up. We're, we're having the conversation now. It's not, if you don't analyze about how to have the conversation, we'll have a fine right. conversation. We'll be fine. And then I'll pivot away. Don't worry. But, um, you know, I, I I get what you're saying. My thing is like, I think myself included, and I think a lot of us and probably all of us have said things where if a camera was rolling, we would be like, you know, not in a great place publicly. I think that there are different ways of delivering um, horrible things. And one of those things, one of those ways is, are you telling a joke or are you angry? Right? Because it's usually one or the other. When it's matter of fact, it's almost the worst thing in the world because you're just matter of facting racism when you're sober or something like that. But the angry stuff, um, the ang I'm of two minds again. It's like I sometimes don't know where bad behavior ends and mental health begins. And so as a person who doesn't want um, people to give me outs for my bad behavior, I, I never want to blame it on anything. I, even when I have panic attacks, I, I at the end of the day, I blame myself for allowing myself to lose control of my emotional and level, which feeds the anxiety, which makes me cold sweat, which like eventually goes into a panic attack. So the, the and you know, the a personal responsibility aspect to bad behavior is something that I'm leaning towards more than mental health. Um, and also how many times when he hasn't been on camera, has he said stuff? Who knows? But when does it become a pattern of behavior? I don't care because, <laughs> you know, like I don't <laughs> when it comes to Jeremy, I don't care. Jeremy's. But what we're talking about here is the forces around Jeremy that are more powerful than him that have shaped his image. Can and you, who are the forces are that are around him? Who? What do you mean? And, well, you know, I'm, I'm not covering this aspect of this, but the Canadian Anti-Hate Network has certainly um, raised my eyebrows and I, I have a lot of unanswered questions about who they are and why they operate the way they do. And, and um, they, nobody's bothered to answer them. Um, and I'm not a fan of that organization. Either. They have been yeah. uh, the chief architect of Mackenzie's public image for the last two years. Go look and see what's out there from the last two years. That's it's it's all come from the Canadian Anti Hate Network, and none of it is on his current broadcasts. Okay, did you I, know that? No, I did. I didn't. So what you're saying is that the the a lot of the footage that they um, flush all of out it is, is continued to be. They're regurgitating it from 1718. Um, and then doing things like putting a spokesperson up two days after the Coots arrest, um, 
linking Jeremy, who has never even been questioned by the RCMP about coots, uh, linking Jeremy to it directly because of some patches that were on a on a piece of body armor. Uh, he sold thousands of those patches, and I can't. I'm not even going to go there when it comes down to like, do we hold him responsible for those patches? Um, but yeah, it, uh, within two days, uh, Canadian Anti Hate Network was out connecting him, calling him a racist and an anti semite. Um, and in the meantime. We're, con we're, we're talking to him and, and his partner offline, running this bizarre like campaign against him online while also trying to talk to him offline. And he told me, I thought they were trying to make it right. And I, I've seen the screenshots of them talking to him saying like, we know you're not a Nazi. And it's like, this Diagolon, is so fucked up. What? Well, is it, what is Diagolon? Because I don't okay, even like, talk, I mean, yes. I just accept, I just accepted, I'm just, as, yeah, by the right. Canadian Anti-Hate Network as a terrorist group. What it is, is a bunch of dumbasses um, who have satire, who satire, sat, they think it's sat, like it's satire. They turned it into satire because they were being mocked, but they, they, they took it way too far, obviously. And then the, the line becomes, well, when is it no longer a game? When is it no longer satire? And well, I, I don't know. I don't I, know. My, my, I can't ask this kid if he can control everybody who watches his his show, right? Like he he, he said to me, a guy goes in and, and shoots up a bank wearing a Nirvana shirt. Are you suing, suing uh, Kurt Cobain's estate? And I think that's a bit of a stretch, but at the end of the day, he wasn't, he's not connected to Coots. Um, and for, for this Canadian anti-hate network to go out into the media and say things like that. And then I determined that I still can't, I still can't determine whether this woman who said these things about him exists. I have asked dozens at this point of people if they have ever met the deputy director of Canadian anti-hate network or seen her or talked to her or what her credentials are to be out there in the media talking about somebody being racist and anti-Semite. I trusted that the Canadian Anti-Hate Network was out there doing what I don't have time to do, which is the friggin' dozens of hours that I just spent going through to see if they were telling the truth. Um, yeah. I get mad when I think about, I didn't have time for this. Um, and I trusted that they were doing, like I said, that they were doing their job to find out that it is the, What's just the person's name. I just oh, want to know she exists. Uh, Elizabeth yeah. Simons. Elizabeth Simons. Okay. Uh, so I mean, Simons. I've 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 done everything I possibly can to get somebody to tell me they've met her. Um, if she's a fictional character, um, that's appalling. So they and and she's been quoted numerous times about Mackenzie. It's it's not okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's probably one of those things where the context of what you just said. Um, is that you don't know if she exists, but you have no reason to believe that she doesn't. You just don't have yes, any I proof do have that she, to do she doesn't. Okay, reason would well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Just one second. Reason is not you haven't been successful in finding someone that knows her. Reason would be finding evidence that she's been fabricated, just for the sake of accuracy. So what I've said is that I have um growing pile of evidence that she does not exist i have no evidence other than quotes that she does what evidence do you have that she doesn't 
And I don't accept on face value because somebody exists on paper. When I've been told now offline so many times that people have been wondering about this, you know, this is not new. I did not come on this, come upon this like myself. Um, and that's part of what disgusts me about this whole story is, is the fact that I think a lot of people knew that there was some weird shit going on and nobody bothered to do anything because it would get messy exactly like it has for me. So whatever, fuck, I don't care. Like, honestly, I don't, I'm going to keep looking at it. I'm going to keep looking for the facts. Um, I think it's important that these institutions are held to account. The, the facts are not all out there. This man, has, he hasn't even been convicted. He has no criminal record. He hasn't been convicted of anything. Um, what he has said should be entirely different than, you know, it really isn't relevant to his criminal matters. Um, what else? I mean, I don't know what else to say beyond that. I'll publish a little bit. To, I'll publish tomorrow on the Nova Scotia, uh, the back and forth that I've had with the Nova Scotia Attorney General and RCMP on the charges there, um, which are problematic as, a, a, you know, based on every conversation that I've had with, with, lawyers here is that, that I've, is that the firearms or the mm -hmm. rape threat these are the he has never he hasn't been charged for anything in respect to polliver oh, okay um in respect to yeah there are some weapons charges from january um but the officer who pursued those charges is currently facing a misconduct lo misconduct lawsuit for aggressively and ma maliciously prosecuting a gentleman in bc who was a known um, rabble rouser with RCMP. He was growing marijuana when it was illegal. He, they, this officer was part of an investigative team that charged this guy with 12 fake counts of aggressive or sorry, aggra aggravated sexual assault. They were later, they were, they, they were dropped eight months later. And it's like a $40 million lawsuit now between this guy and the RCMP and this, and this officer is named on this lawsuit, which is still ongoing. And, you know, I asked the RCMP, why is he working? Um, the allegations here are pretty horrendous. And this man's life was ruined um, because they issued news releases about it. And that was the entire point. And the RCMP has basically said that as far as they're concerned, it's not misconduct. So... I don't know. You guys can decide for yourselves what you think, but I think you need to know these things. I think we need to know that these kind, I mean, this, this, what happened to this gentleman in BC is a matter of public record. I'm not, these aren't, this is all a matter of public record. So yeah, Nova Scotia RCMP, which Mackenzie has been incredibly critical of. Um, I got some questions for them for sure. In respect to, I mean, they've been good. That's the answer that they've gave me is that as far as they're concerned that the outcome of that suit I guess isn't relevant because the outcome could very well be a settlement for this, for the plaintiff. And I've spoken extensively to the plaintiff and the, his lawyer as well. And, and he's not anywhere near to being settled this thing. Do you think that they'll get him just to sign an NDA and then he won't be able to talk about it anyways? Who? The, um, the like if, he, if, he, if, if the RCMP settles. Like no one will ever know that. Yeah, right? maybe. I don't know. The statement of claim is I already, ha I mean, I have the statement of claim and you can't reseal that. So some of it they'll be able to maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, if, if it happened and it's settled, then I don't know what that's an admission of, but I think that these are really important. It's a class action lawsuit. Like 
I feel like these are important factors that need to be taken into consideration um, because the pattern is very similar to what NBC to the way McKenzie's charges were laid. Um, and I'd like some more answers on that because I don't see how that's going to stand up in court is the other thing. And I don't see how the prosecutor doesn't see that. I mean, this, this officer is going to get shredded on the stand because of this lawsuit, according to every defense lawyer that I've spoken to. Um, it's, it's stunning that the prosecutor's kind of even going ahead with this under this pretense, unless this, like, unless this lawsuit gets settled or something. I don't know. I don't know how they'll do it. But I think that this, this isn't a really important point that's never been, it's never been told. It, nobody's talked about it. That officer's name has been all over everything. Why? So, and, so, but what is the, uh, like, what, what is the, I, what is the theory then? Like that, that this well, bad officer want, planted guns or 11 charges laid by this guy knowing that he has maliciously no, but did, before is there no evidence that he had guns that's what i'm asking about the guns i'm not asking about oh, the, i mean the i don't want to get into the charges about none of nothing that they took was like it, it's all technical stuff that i don't understand they took a 17 uh point mag that he had a, t a pin in at the 10 point. Like, I don't know if this means anything to you. You can only put 10 bullets in a gun. He had one that you put 17 in, but if you pin it at 10, it's perfectly legal. They're claiming it wasn't pinned. That's a charge. So the I, I, these are the types of charges they are. I mean, I, the, the, I don't know what they took out. Um, I've shown one lawyer who said that none of them are illegal. And he, what he's told me is that, he had everything inventoried and photographed and everything else because he was planning on contracting in the, in Saudi Arabia, which is what a lot of those guys do. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, you know, it's, I've never, I've taught, that's what he said to me. So whether those charges stick or not, I don't know, but I'm pretty my money, sure that my money's on flirting with that one. He wanted to impress you, but um, <laughs> who knows? My money is on stays that those charges are stayed. Yeah. <sighs> Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I guess I think I, I think I understand why when you talk about this case, I am not trying to receive you in any other way except you want to know what the facts are. But mm -hmm. I, I understand what you were saying before, because there is a little bit of indication in the way that you kind of re retell the story, even though I know you can't share everything and you're a little frustrated about probably even having to share it in the first place. However, where I don't see you giving um, the same scrutiny to, to you know, the, the person of Jeremy McKenzie as, as you are the other side. 
because there is a lot if there's evidence against this cop in this lawsuit that he did nefarious things or whatever okay i'll take you at your word i haven't seen the receipts but i believe you when you say when they, they exist and equally as important there are receipts that show that jeremy mckenzie is a it, at the very least is a person who seems to behave badly on a fairly regular basis and I don't know if it's because we're polarized and we all sort of have this subconscious reflex of either planting one flag in one side or the other, even though we mutually hate that about our politics right now. I'm guilty of it sometimes, I'm sure. Um, some It does feel like maybe you're giving a little bit more of a, like a leniency to Jeremy than I think a lot of people would agree with. Is that a fair assessment? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, what I'm doing is analyzing two power structures and one is um, one doesn't have one and the RCMP have all kinds of power here. So, you know, what you just said about Jeremy is all common knowledge and it's as far as I'm concerned, yes, he obviously he's got all kinds of issues in that respect that he's going to have to face. Um, I'm more interested in whether or not this could happen to somebody else who you don't like what they have to say. Like, has that ever happened to you? Is everyone, you know, always agreed with what you have to say? No, Jesus Christ. Are you oh, People you know, probably disagree like with you? me more than they agree with me. This is a slippery fucking slope. And, and what I'm saying is that I've examined all the evidence in these cases, and I don't think it's strong. And I have confronted both departments of justice in Saskatchewan and Nova Scotia about it. I haven't really gotten fantastic answers about it. I'm going to publish that information and you guys can decide for yourselves. But in the meantime, a man without a criminal record and a 15-year military history is in solitary confinement. And I think we need to know if that's the right thing. If it's the right thing. It's not the right that, thing. I don't, it, I could tell you right now it's not the right thing, but it's not the right thing for anybody. Um, right. And it's and certainly not the right thing for a person who hasn't been convicted of anything. That is the point. Yeah. That is, you know. I would agree as, 100% with that. Yeah. So, you know, all these factors, you know, aside, yes, he may be a bad person, it's, it's really not relevant to me. I'm not defending. Um, I think like, you're right, by the way, about about one big thing. Um, if maybe we can find like a, a, a solid point of agreement. I often get frustrated when, and I think this is where you're coming from. Um, when you look at this case, like you just pointed out, you're looking at the power structures, you're looking at what the uh, institutions are doing to a person with no criminal record. And I think you're uh, um, logically attaching it to the kind of campaign of anti-Jeremy McKenzie's content that the Anti-Hate Network has put out. And that combination is a frustrating thing to witness. I think um, what would be really uh, beneficial uh, moving forward, and I, I'm not saying you haven't been doing this, but just so the audience right now understands, is um, treating Jeremy McKenzie as if he's a John Doe. Because I think that if you want the focus to be on the part of the story that has to do with the mechanisms and levers of power and institution, you'd be far better served never focusing on anything that Jeremy McKenzie did. Because technically on paper, he's a veteran with no criminal record. I, I wouldn't talk about Jeremy at all. I would just talk about the institution because otherwise um, it's a distraction. And I think that's exactly what everyone on uh, who's not playing in good faith want people to do is to be distracted. Is that fair? I mean, yeah. I, I, is any of this fair? 
Well, that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> it's not. None of this is fair. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to you. It's not. I mean, I, I'm already getting unbelievable amounts of harassment over this. Um, apparently, it's per totally fine to harass a female journalist about Jeremy, you know, in respect to Jeremy McKenzie, as long as you're not, you know, I guess saying the wrong thing or doing the right. I, I don't know. But in, in this case, like the, 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 um, the sheer volume of harassment has been unbelievable. Um, and that's to, offline. Yeah, as well. I think that's bullshit. Like that, that you have to put up with that because I, I what I can't stand about, like the, I'm going to go on an anti-left rant for a second, because all we do is spend time people like me in the media and, and people that, uh, you know, I read or work with or um, friends of mine who are in the business or whatever. The only thing that we talk about is is like this new right wing movement of, of racism and stupidity. And to a large extent, I know it exists and I understand that and it's there. So I don't really even care. But we never talk about the like bullying and relentless abuse that the left like conduct on a very regular basis because they approach the situation as if they have moral superiority on their side and they will take up someone like you and harass the fuck out of you for having that specific opinion like a dumbass like they are literally emulating the lack of restraint that they accuse the other side of being known for so I am with you on that. I, I don't know if that's exactly how you feel, but that's how I feel. Cause I've been on, I've been one of their targets several times. And you know, what's interesting is that um, professionally I don't go there. I don't even bother with a lot of the shit that I want to write about anymore. Cause it's, it's just, I don't see it. The only upside is the fuck you that you get to give to people that don't want to hear from you when you talk like that. Do, do you experience the ecosystem like that? Cause I do all the time. Or yeah, I, I call those, you know, I think that those people sort of don't exist on a left right, right spectrum. There's it's just a bit of a black hole, right? Like they they're looking for reasons to rage. Um, they may come at it from a perspective that feels more anti-conservative or anti-social um, or I don't know, anti-left. Uh, even that those concepts, though, th the, it's those words are meaningless now. Like they, they don't mean anything anymore. They just, well, they mean too much. Um, so when I just, when I look at these people, I just see them all in one basket of crazy. And um, what's struck me about the McKenzie story is how many bit players, like complete fucking losers who I don't even know why anyone would talk to them, but they've been given some interesting credence by the RCMP. Um, and, you know, one of the, one of the gentlemen that's doing the most harassing is the only witness in the case in Saskatchewan, which I put to the crown prosecutor today and asked what the fuck they're going to do about it. Sorry. Can you expand? I have no idea what you're talking about right now. There's only the, 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 the harassment is all coming from within this ecosystem that you're talking about. And part of this ecosystem is very much involved in what's going on behind the scenes with the RCMP. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, this is not a secret because this, this person has been 
on social media talking about this for year, like two years, um, being this witness and talking about the case. And, you know, he uses these accounts that are pseudonyms, but everybody, you know, there's, there's no sort of inside this, again, this network, um, which is what I would loosely call the Diagalon slash um, Canadian anti-hate network arena, if you want to call it that, because it's all the same bullshit. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's, I don't know how to, exp I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, the ecosystem. Yeah. It, it, it I just, I, it, for some reason, it, it, there is a lot of people that aren't like everybody, nobody's credible. Okay. So let's say Jeremy, all his friends, nobody's credible. Um, but, you know, some of the harassment that I'm enduring online is coming from these people that are inside this ecosystem. And one of them, one of these individuals is the crown witness in Saskatchewan on the charges against Jeremy. And he talks about it online from these accounts and people who know him and RCMP handlers have confirmed for me that they are his accounts. And I've taken them to the RCMP and asked them what they're going to do about it. You know, Wait, what's guy, the law being broken? It's criminal harassment. Oh, okay. I don't know what he sent you. Me, right? What did he send you? I don't. I can send you the screenshots, but he's, you know, he's talking. It, 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 it's insanity, it, and I didn't even write about. I haven't even written about Saskatchewan yet. So, is it similar to stuff that like Rachel Gilmore had to deal with? Is it that kind of stuff? I don't know. I, I like it. It's, it's, it's. My Which I believe she got from is, Jeremy McKenzie. My right? point here is that the star witness or supposedly in the Saskatchewan case is publicly harassing me over something that might look somewhat favorably upon McKenzie. That may, doesn't make sense. Like why, why is he even online at all? And, and what he's saying about me, like it's a, this is a guy with a history of posting revenge porn um, you know, of stalking women, uh, it, it, it's horrific. And I'm not the only one who knows this. People like in the legal and RCMP circles know this. These are not good people. If you think Jeremy's bad, like none of them are, are, are fantastic people. Um, and these are all the people that, you know, are forming the basis of this, not only this, the, the charges, but they're forming the basis of the narrative about Jeremy. And so when you said, you know, you didn't bring clips and stuff today, that's fine. But next time go get like, get them and show them to me because no one has shown me a single clip that has existed within the last 24 months of Jeremy, other than the Anna Poliver that I have a problem with. Yeah. I mean, I can't retrieve them from memory right now, but I mean, whatever, but like, I, I just think that uh, it, there's a, there's a, there's a pretty good indication that this man on a semi-regular basis says some pretty crazy shit because I, I, you either believe that or you believe that. No, no, no. Every time he said anything untoward, he crazy was is film. different than bad though. Right? Like crazy is different than hate speech. Um, well, I, when I say crazy in that context, what I specifically meant was not clinical, but just like stupid, you know, like stupid, mean spirited shit. Like, um, and I'm thinking to myself that like, you know, if that's the case, if that's what like, if that's what we're seeing, I, I, I'm not gonna like. First of all, I don't believe could, we live in a social media era where everyone is like, like whether they say out loud or not, gives other people life sentences for every single thing. 
um, pretty much like, like you be, that's what you're known. You're known for what you get canceled for. And, mm-hmm. and then maybe you can come back. Right. But you have to be powerful to come back like a Mel Gibson, Gibson and shit like that. Um, you know, but the idea that, um, that even the stuff that I've heard, you know, um, it's awful, but how long do you stay mad at a guy? And, and like, as a person who, although not in the realm of like racism and, uh, misogyny and stuff well i'm sure i was accused of that probably once too but um yeah i was accused of being a racist uh, for a good week when i had a story went viral because of black lives matter but it was a story and there was you know there was an it was an article and everyone could see it and like if you just read it like you would know that i wasn't screaming racism or racist things from the mountaintop but i mean like you know it's I don't think that he's, he doesn't strike me as like a really friendly dude necessarily, but you're right. I have to be agnostic at the end of the day and perhaps not, you know, be prejudicial based on the footage that I've seen of him. But that is asking a lot from, from most people anyways. Like, like it's all we got to work with. You know, why, why why doesn't Jeremy ever like, you know, it seems to me if he, maybe I don't know it exists. Is there any video of Jeremy just going like just uh, without telling jokes and then saying it's satire and like screaming where he's just like, look, you know, I lose my shit sometimes. This is how I feel. And he's not hateful and he's thoughtful and rational and normal. Is there any of that? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to go get it for you, but yes. I mean, he he streams for three hours a day. Um, Does he? I don't don't know. Yeah, like I mean, you can find whatever you want, right. good and bad. But okay. um, you know, the point there's two there's two points here, right? Like one is his narrative and his speech and his ideas, and you know whether or not he's I guess inciting violence because that's one of the you know the and I don't believe he is. I believe he's talking about the power structures, like the government in place, and you know that's in place, and he's talking about the very natural consequences that are that we've already seen with the unrest right like to suggest that he's causing it is really bizarre um what's happening out there is not the in canada right now it's not the work of one man um i appreciate that it's now you know connected to this what i would consider to be more of a meat-headed fan club quite frankly um, that has just gone stupid and that he'll have to decide what he has wants to do with it. I mean, does, can he still be associated with it? Because, you know, I, I've asked him like something will, what if something does happen? What if somebody shoots and they're wearing a diagonal shirt? What are you going to do? Well, also, and this is where we certainly disagree. Like this is going to be an impasse for sure. Um, I don't fucking b- believe him for a second that it's satire. Um, first of all, it doesn't land on anything. Um, so either he doesn't understand what satire is or he's just profoundly bad at it. Um, yes. And it's also an old trick. And it's an old trick in politics in general, both on like no matter where you are in your ideological beliefs, where you, pro- you retroactively adjust the context of a previous action. And that is your argument. And it is bullshit. Because um, the whole point of satire is not to trick people where they're not sure. The whole point of satire is to like 
be marveled by the wittiness of the funny shit you just read because it's satire. Um, so I don't buy that for a fucking second. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, that to me is, is a lot of the reason why I do think that a lot of his personality traits and a lot of his actions are indefensible because I don't buy the context that he's retroactively pasted on things that he said in the past. Mm. And there is a, so um, as much as I am annoyed when stories become about the thing and not the crime or the way the institution is approaching the way they're dealing with the crime. um, We also can't just turn a blind eye to everything that the guy does and says and, 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 you know, and, and completely like give him no identity. Um, you know, he's a big boy. He's got, he's a fucking veteran. He's a tough guy. So he's got to be tough, not just, you know, the way he defends his country. And thank you for that, Jeremy. Um, but also the way he carries himself as a fucking human being, you know, like, you know, I, I, it's, it's difficult um, for me, even as a moderate who doesn't ever have a dog in any fight, I, I could totally reasonably, I could probably, you know, sit and have a one hour conversation with Jeremy McKenzie. In fact, I would. I, you know, like, because I don't think that villainizing people is necessarily the right thing. And I would like to hear it from, I like to hear things from the horse's mouth, not always because um, they're always going to tell you the unvarnished truth, but at least he, you know, he or she would have to be able to sit there and, you know, either be real or, or not be real. My job would be to figure out if, if they are, Um, you know, and I think that's more helpful than, you're right than recycling clips that are five, six, seven years old on a constant loop in order to villainize someone almost artificially. Like so there I seems to be, the, well, hold on. There seems to be enough here. content already. There's <laughs> a comment in here. Has Tammy seen the pictures of the beating he did on that woman? And like, do you seriously fucking think that I would defend someone who I believe beat a woman like that? These charges have not been, Uh, He's not been convicted of anything. I've seen the picture. I've seen a lot of things. You don't know what I know. I've seen the picture. And, you know, it it just it really is amazing to me, given the amount of time that I've spent on this, that anyone would ask that because it's ridiculous. But you're kind of hoisted by your own, like, I guess, journalistic ethic. Jeremy McKenzie. I'm here because my government. Flew in a gentleman from Nova Scotia and put him in jail. And my government is corrupt, extremely corrupt. And as soon as I saw that, because Jeremy was charged and released twice in Nova Scotia, as soon as I saw that Bronwyn Eyre, our justice minister, was willing to sign a special order flying him across the country to face four charges after Miles Sanderson just killed how many people with 50 convictions? Um. You know, it's not logical. It's not rational. There was no need for him to be brought here. He was. Okay. I can I, can I just? I, w- and, I wanted. And, so, to... and that is what I'm interested in looking at. Is how does it I know, get? I know, but the problem is, is that, um, you are telling me that there are things you can't tell me, and then kind of acting a little bit like. I can't believe you don't believe me. <laughs> I have nothing to go by. No, no, I'm you saying know, like, that I'm, I'm saying I've been clear from the outset. Like Jeremy's broadcasting has nothing to do with what I'm looking at. I'm looking at why a man was flown across the country who does not have, again, I'm not, I, I'm, I've, I've said this now m- multiple times. 
bringing him in here, according to the legal people that, you know, that I consulted with here, they all said the same thing, that he wasn't, that, that bringing him into Saskatchewan was weird. It was an anomaly. Nobody expected it. And our government is corrupt. So I'm going to look at that so that next time they're flying, you know, James from Toronto into Saskatchewan, who doesn't have a criminal record, and they're about to put him in jail, you know, maybe I'll better understand what 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 the point of this is. I've looked at the, you know, the 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 facts of this case as I can ascertain them. Um, and I'm satisfied that when this thing is reported out or when it's brought to its conclusion, um, I'll still be fine with what I did, with the fact that I'm looking at it. If he is the monster, he will, he will, the facts will come out and he will go to jail like a monster should, right? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to make heads or tails of, uh, of what you're saying because I don't know the, the data that you say that you know. So I have no well, idea I mean, how it's to. It's straightforward though, right? Like he, it is, this, this isn't sustainable. If, if these, if the, if there's a bunch of shit that I don't know and it's, this all goes to trial and he gets put away, we can come back here in a, in a year and, and talk about it or whenever that's wrapped up. Um, I don't think we will. And, and if we do great, but like there will be natural conclusions to all of this um, that do, I, that I can't control. That's for sure. Um, but I think that will, will bear out the truth on a lot of this and there, it won't be up for debate because that's the point right now too, right? Like there's way too much that's gray and murky for us to really be making a lot of these determinations on. You sound more like his lawyer than a journalist when you say that. Well, because it's common sense. There's no, like, it, I think it's common sense. I, I think it can't that be common sense if the knowledge isn't common. Um, I'd like to know what you know, um, because uh, otherwise it's like, I don't know how to, uh, to continue talking about it because you, 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 you made it seem just now, maybe I was incorrect. So maybe just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you made it seem like right now that to paraphrase, you were sort of like, well, I know, know a bunch of shit that you don't know. And if you knew what I knew, you'd probably think different. Well, I've been clear from the outset because there's a publication ban. I can't talk about these cases. I don't want to put them into more legal jeopardy. I don't want to put myself into legal jeopardy, um, especially around the Saskatchewan case. I have, I have, however, done a lot of um, the research myself. And a lot of it is already a matter of public record. Okay. Can you give me a couple of examples of those? that you can tell me that will like make me make my eyebrows go up or something. No, I, I, I can't talk about that case. It's just, you just said that they're a matter of public record. So in, Oh, sorry. Let's not talk about, let's not talk about the context of that case and give yeah, me the okay. stuff. That's a matter of public record may or may not overlap that case, but who cares? Cause it's already public record. Can you give me just examples of that? In respect to the Saskatchewan case, in respect to the fact that it's public record, before this case started the, the can you give me examples of that gonna, the crown witness who i'm not going to name today to in the saskatchewan case though it you know is responsible for releasing the picture that i was just asked about um you know on before those charges those saskatchewan charges were ever public that witness released um all kinds of information on social media about the uh, alleged assault including all kinds of sort of um witness observations 
and uh, a picture that is allegedly it's att attached to the assault. Um, none of these matters have, have been through the courts, but they were put all over Twitter. And that's why we're here, you know, talking about this um, by the crown witness. And this crown witness is Sorry. a problem for them as far as I'm concerned. And I'm waiting for an, um, you know, he, he has been obsessive about Mackenzie for years and there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of his threats online. Um, you know, he was, he was tweeting about the fact that the, that the warrant was going to go nationwide weeks before it did. Um, you know, he, he is the only witness and that's the other problem. I've spoke to everybody who was at that event where this assault occurred and I'm the only one. The RCMP has never spoken to them. What that means, and they, what that means is the defense lawyer is going to put them up. This is, I, I don't see how this ever goes to trial. Like it's unheard of for an RCMP officer to lay charges without talking to everybody. And he talked to two people, the, the alleged victim and this gentleman who's all over social media acting like a complete whack job because he is. That's their witness. And that's the question that I've posed to the Saskatchewan uh, Department of Justice today. I'm because sorry. I, I need to just interject for one second because Spenny, who was actually pretty abbreviated on the Dean Bundell show today, seems to be clicking the link that we gave him, <laughs> the network gave him hours ago. Um, he must be annihilated by now, um, like totally hammered. Which and, one is he? Uh, Spenny? Spenny yeah. is the nice one who often. The one that gets, cries all the time. Well, I guess so, but he's my favorite. I love Spenny. But I don't know if Spenny realized it or not that he keeps on clicking the link to come onto the podcast network. But I would love to have him on if he this. if he can hear me because he was drunk at like fucking four o'clock. So <laughs> it's eight ten. Unless he's eating a lot of good uh, matzo balls and stuff, I think uh, I think we're in for a treat. So I'm going to keep that screen open. Um, yeah. Okay. I think we've exhausted that subject. Um, it's you know, but you know what? Let, let's say that. I walk away from this conversation thinking that um, you are um, giving more latitude to one side than the other. I want you to know that that's okay because you can, you can, you can have an opinion on me that is equally as whatever. And I just want to let you know that that's okay. I, I, I want to have a podcast where you will walk away feeling like we could talk about anything, even though, you know, I disagree with a bunch of shit. So at least it's fascinating that, you know, in your comments here, all these people are referring to the players in these cases. Oh, like yeah? this is how inside this bullshit is. Like, I don't know if these are your regulars or if they're in here because I'm, we're talking about this or what, but it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Like just, there's a small, it's not that many people. It's like 12 people online who created this, and they've been given so much weight by other individuals. Um, like we don't, I don't know. Who well, these people, people, are. people largely don't um, necessarily read the uh, comments underneath the video clips. Uh, they'll read the headline, you know, and then after the first, if there is a blurb or even like 500 words or something, they'll read the first paragraph maybe, and they'll watch like 70% of the video maybe. Um, so, people just see the clips anyway. So it's not like it's a new way of doing things. It's the way that, um, you know, PR strategies are always executed. Um, and sometimes it's uh, for the, 
worse um, instead of for the benefit of the public. And um, but some people are also people who behave badly, have bad ideas. And then I'm telling you, the 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 hitch to me is honestly that retroactive pasting of the whole satire thing. I, that is such clear bullshit. Like it, it's it it is common. It is like useful idiot kind of bullshit. It's just it's common among people who do things mischievously not satirically but they're like oh i kind of believe in this and let's see how much we can rattle the cage with the authorities it'll be exciting and they almost get off in the excitement of the possibility but it, then when it happens they're like oh what what it was just joking you know like if you look at his bio and you make him a um you know pakistani immigrant who had a a group that he led that had really ideological views and hateful views. And then he had weapons and then he threatened to rape someone's wife. I could very easily and support the jailing of that Pakistani immigrant. If he had the exact same bio as Jeremy McKenzie. And I think we need to just like, you know, maybe it's because he's a Canadian, like, you know, white dude that I feel like I get what you're saying, but I, as soon as I make him a Muslim terrorist, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's got to go to jail. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? As soon as I make him that bio with the exact same details, it to me would be a, a open and shut case by probably 90% of the country. But so we are, I feel like we're almost giving him a pass or maybe you're like, maybe I should just say like, you know, out of respect, I think you're giving him a pass because he looks familiar to you. Hmm. That's a pretty big statement. I mean, I it, it, the reality is, is that um, there are abuses in prisons and in the corrections and justice systems across Canada. And you're right. A lot of times when someone high profile, whether or not they're white or not, but, you know, more often than not, they are 99% of the people in Saskatchewan jails are indigenous. So when an, a white person does come out and have a high, you know, the high profile case like this does start to highlight anomalies. We do it for those people that we start to look at and, and see what's actually going on because we don't when it's only vulnerable or brown people as you're talking about tend to look at it as closely so you're right we do look at them we do look at these things whether or not you think it's giving it a pass to look at it we do look at them um and hopefully what we do is is find and weed out anomalies and errors and bad people that protect the people below Jeremy McKenzie on the social scale, on the popularity scale, if that's possible. Regardless, you know what I'm saying. Um, weeding out or ferreting out these kinds of um, abuses inside justice, if that's what they are, is to the benefit of everybody. Yeah, um, you know, I'm no fan of the cops. Um, I still don't. There's, there's a lot of weird things that happened. Um, we'll pivot away and then wrap soon. Um, but there's a there's things that I, when I find there, there's the best stories are the ones where when you find out that it happens, um, the public doesn't have an opinion before that moment because they don't know that it exists. And mm -hmm. I realized one of those stories was um, when I found out in the year 2004 that you didn't need any identification to vote. You didn't need to be on a voters list to vote. You didn't need to even be in your riding to vote. 
all you had to do was swear an oath when you got there. And I know this because I did it three times in the federal election and then wrote a story about it for Now Magazine and then got convicted of the regulatory offense of applying to be on a list of electors more than once. And it was uh, an interesting experience for me, not because of the court case, which really sucked, and I was doing a lot of blowback then, um, <laughs> but also because the, uh, the there are certain stories where if you tell someone um, something like like you don't need any of that to vote all you got to do is just raise a hand um, you don't need anyone vouching at this time people were shocked and so there's all these different stories that are kind of like that um, another one that um, that I'm, I'm working on a bunch of stuff right now that details the work of people like David Wallace and if the Canadians really understood the amount of for example how many private investigators are hired by campaigns during a federal election, people would lose their shit. I don't know the number, but I know a number and I have an incomplete assessment and it, it is crazy. Um, and, and people don't realize that, that the game at the level of campaign, um, can, I, at the level of candidates is so cutthroat, often within parties, you know, when they're vying for candidacies or they're vying for leadership, they're hiring private investigators. They're getting journalists to write smear things about their colleagues who are about to be their like, you know, caucus members and whatever, working side by side. And, you know, and it is a poison that runs through all political parties. And, and people don't have any idea that it happens. You could ask 100 Canadians, like, what does the political fixer do? Give, give me an idea of dirty politics. And they'll be like, plan a story or get a honey trap at the bar or something like that. And it's like a lot worse than that. It's like, you know, terrible um, things like recordings and videos and cheating and private investigators investigating and like threats. And, you know, whenever you see a, a semi-high profile candidate drop out of a race, someone's got something on him and he's just saying, oh, I want to spend time with family, <laughs> you know? Um, anyways, sorry, that, that rant was brought to you by um, the guy that understands that, you know, there are uh, there are certain stories about institutions. I'll just circle back before we go. And uh, and I think you're right to to examine them. You're right to examine the the, the idea that there is a system where the, the same players play certain roles in order to get what they want and it has nothing to do with justice, right? And that happens, you know? That happens in, in a lot of different demographic groups in, in this country. Um, you feel like it's happening to Jeremy Kenzie. I don't technically agree with you. I think... Um, I don't feel like it's happening to him. I have the, the facts that I have. Yeah, well, again, to yeah. a lot more questions about what's happening to him. What are those facts? About what I feel. What are um, those facts? The facts that I've laid out already in respect to the RCMP officer who uh, laid the charges against McKenzie. Um, there are certain details around the weapons charges that don't seem to make a ton of sense. Um, like I said, in respect to the, what, what was taken versus um, what was uh, listed. But my point there is, is the integrity of that. In, in, if, if you don't think the in, in integrity of that investigation is compromised by the fact that that officer was transferred across the country six months after being sued for malicious, malicious investigation. I mean, I, I don't, how do you have faith in, in these systems? I mean, it's about reasonable doubt, not reasonable facts. 
Um, and, and that's going to be a really difficult one, I think, for for the crown in Nova Scotia to overcome. And I'm, I would like to know how they plan to do it. And it's interesting, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what how they do it. I'm just not convinced that they can, which makes me wonder what's really going on here. And then I've already explained to you the story in Saskatchewan about, you know, this gentleman who seems to have a real issue with Mackenzie and has had for some time, um, whose behavior has been um, unhinged, uh, disturbing. It, it, it's, it's, it's not logical for a witness to act this way. And is it, is it better or worse than the clips we've seen of Jeremy McKenzie? It has nothing to do with that. They're they're totally different things, right? This is a witness. I don't. For the I don't feel like you're applying the same standard to each side, though. If one there doesn't is. deter, if one doesn't determine the credibility of a person, why does the other determine the credibility of a person? What are you What are you asking? I'm asking you why the credibility. Why are you the behavior that this man has exhibited online? I, I, you know, we, you just finished kind of making a lot of, uh, you know, excuses for Jeremy's behavior. And I'm just wondering why you're right. not applying that Jeremy's same grace in, to the person that you're talking, talking about, about that's involved like a, in that case that you're case referring to. James, we're talking about a criminal case in court. These are right. two different standards. They're totally different standards. We're talking okay. about the court of law and the court of public opinion. In the court right. of law, what I'm telling you is that the witness, the sole witness, as I understand it, is acting like a complete whack job online, talking about the case. Does he have a criminal, does he have a criminal record? And this is what I'm saying is the issue. I've explained it now like quite a few times. I'm asking, so, and I'm not just, I'm, but, but, but you just stay on point. It, it, does he have a criminal record, that guy? I have no idea. Okay, and, I, and what I'm trying to do is 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 because because that guy's a witness, right? He's 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 a witness, and you're saying his credibility is impacted by his history as a crooked cop, for lack of better words. And so I'm asking you now, like, the, just the credibility as a person, um, you know, as two actors in this theater of this court case, they seem to be either even or Jeremy McKenzie, like, as the facts seem to lay out, would. Would, would have more kind of like shit to deal with from a PR level than that guy. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to like, James, you know, James, I'm not, I'm done talking about this. Your comments are a shit show. I, I don't, I can't explain <laughs> this anymore. Um, I'm not talking about Jeremy McKenzie anymore. I came okay. here to talk about the fact that there are much bigger institutions here behaving you know, really inappropriately. I do not give a flying fuck what Jeremy McKenzie does or does not do now or next or at all. And if people can't deal with me looking into something, I, I, I just, I can't. And I don't. Next time come with receipts. Well, no. And I, well, no, I mean, next time what I'll do is I'll come <laughs> with, you know, I, I've given you receipts. I've explained to you what the issues are. Um, you, you, no, but you sound like a lawyer, not a journalist. And that's why I'm concerned about what you're this saying. Is, we're talking. Like you the veracity me. of what you're saying um, less, um thrust when you come at it the way you're coming at it which is it like an advocacy level and not a journalistic level well because you're asking me questions about it so i have to answer those questions honestly and if you feel that those answers advocate for somebody um i can't yeah, help you 
I can also not answer the question, which at this point I'd rather do because this is what we're talking about, right? You asking me questions, I'm answering you. I've told you repeatedly that I don't defend Jeremy McKenzie and you're telling me that I'm advocating for him. If I can't tell this story without advocating for him, that's not my fucking problem because the outcome of this story is not my fucking problem. No, it might be your problem because you you honestly like, okay, okay, I'll give you, uh, this is the extent of what I'll give you. Maybe I'm drastically misinterpreting the the way you're coming at this story, but you're not like I, I think you're 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 to the detriment of being able to see a bigger picture. You're hyper focused on the institution as if nothing else seems to matter except for how you feel about the institution. It's an angle. It's a great angle. But, I, I you know, I, it feels like you're an advocate for him because you're not looking at certain things that I think on paper, you know, I've without the glo- without the gloss of the anti-hate network, just the facts on the ground. At. If his broadcasting was the problem, we wouldn't be here tonight because he'd still be doing it and I don't give a fuck. Well, I, um, I didn't say the broadcasting because he's in jail and because of those institutions. I don't care what he did before that. I've determined to my own satisfaction that he didn't do some of the things that I would not even be looking at this well that's what an advocate would say and not a journalist i think though but i'm don't care because i mean this is how this works right like i don't mind being like okay let's skate let's can we shake the edge sketch because i i'm still kind of a little bit pissed off that you said shit show because i don't intend to come off like that at all um and what i'm saying is 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 like we would like and we could totally get off this you know I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with being an advocate. For example, I am an advocate of the survivors of the abuse from the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. I, I, I admit it fully. I am completely not objective anymore when it comes to that organization. I'm not saying that it's the same for you with Jeremy McKenzie, but there's a hint of that. And I don't know why that you can't just be like, oh, yeah, from I don't know whatever context you want to come at it from because it really comes off like that. Well, be- because you're accusing me of, of defending or advocating for someone by looking at their story and telling you that it might be a little different than you think it is. Okay. You didn't okay. bring receipts tonight either. You didn't bring receipts for anything you've said in respect to Mackenzie. I'm just so, going by whatever we would both agree exists. Well, well like what I'm telling you exists <laughs> It, you know, based on the work that I've done, I, I I didn't bring receipts because I'm telling you that I don't have them for I went looking for the things that, you know, would you're, you're saying that make him terrible. And I found things that are old. If you can find the satire receipt, that would be helpful. No, but no, like I, well, this isn't about the satire. I don't care about the satire. I care about the that's fact what that I mean. Someone in jail. Advocacy and, by omission, I think. You know, what he does or does not broadcast, as long as it's not illegal, it's got nothing to do with me or you. And I I mean, as long as he's if it's not hate speech, frankly, he should be allowed to do it because I don't want to start policing people unless you want Bill C-11 and respect to what they're saying on the Internet. He's guilty of hate speech here and there, I would say. You know, well, you know, bring me those receipts. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep looking at you know, the bigger picture here, which involves a lot of factors and power structures that that need to be examined in this context. And, you know, if nothing comes out of it and he goes to jail and he's charged with everything, you are all correct. Congratulations. We're, we're all safer. And what? What have, I, what have I done to you 
you said I'm my right, shows, and you said he, my, or you if said my he show is a shit show. He is in Honestly, charge, out of he, every single thing you've said tonight, the shit show comment is the only thing I really care about. <laughs> well, because that's what yeah. we're talking about here, right? Your comments I, are no, no, no. I'm just trying to like I, you know. I'm not here to talk about Jeremy McKenzie. I, I didn't come here tonight to advocate for Jeremy McKenzie. If you want to talk about this story and then accuse me of advocating for him, I'm not going to come back on your show because if you want to talk about this and it makes you feel a certain way, I can't help you. Like if, if, if it makes you feel like I'm advocating, that's a you problem because I'm telling you I'm not. So unless you're calling okay. me a liar, what, what's the point of this? I think you're, 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 exhibiting the actions of an advocate but maybe it's just in it like you know coincidental i'll give maybe maybe that's what it is but maybe. i would love to have you back because i don't hate anyone and i don't know um why we couldn't have a conversation about anything what do you want to what do you want to talk about next time tammy we'll see <laughs> okay tammy robert thank you very much for joining us i appreciate it thank you bye now i mean that went well um you know, uh, I disagree with a lot of what she said. Um, I think it went pretty well. <laughs> I do. I don't know. I don't, maybe I don't like, maybe on the replay, I'll, I'll, I'll think differently, but I, I, you know, <clears throat> just gotta hold it together and, uh, and hope that, uh, the two people walk away where if it was in person, maybe they'd shake hands. And I think we accomplished that perhaps there's Spenny still not trying to get in. I think I can nail him one of these days. Like, like, you know, I don't know what to read. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't even reading the, uh, the, the chat. So I, the first chat I've read of the night says, oh, except for the ones I put up, um, says, sorry, we made that complicated. I don't know who that is too. But let me know what you think. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm supposed to host a podcast where I have more shows like that. And I wasn't dissatisfied with the show. Um, I think that there were, you know, kind of fell off a little bit near the end because, uh, you know, um, because of the shit show thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. That was interesting. So uh, look at, um, I'm going to go now and, and try to do the, uh, the post-mortem of whatever that was. And uh, you let me know what you think. Email me, be blunt and like mean, you know, if you thought it was a seven, give it a five. <laughs> no. uh, we have on Monday, Jeffrey Perlman. He wrote the new Bo Jackson book. On Tuesday, we have Jesse Brown, who uh, the previous night will release Ratfucker, the pod series about David Wallace. And on Wednesday, we have Megan Murphy. And then I still haven't confirmed Thursday or Friday, but if I do, it's going to be a big week. So we'll see you next time on Black Ball. Black Ball. Black, Black, Black Ball. Black, Black Ball. Hi, 
I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.